Good morning, everyone. Today we continue in our walk through Matthew's Gospel. We're in year A of the lectionary, and so I hope all of you, what we should do all the time is we should be looking ahead to the Sunday readings. And we just picked up today where we left off last Sunday in Matthew chapter 13. What I want to do with you today is I want to talk to you about a central theme to the life of Christ. Absolutely central. Today, I want to talk to you about the kingdom of God. And that's what our gospel is about. We hear it all the time. But I want you to think about this, and I want to set today's gospel in context. We're going to zoom out a little bit and think about the kingdom in general. So in Matthew's gospel, and this is true in all four gospels, but there is a massive theme throughout the gospels about the kingdom. And we miss that sometimes, because what happens is that we just kind of worry about ourselves. And we say, okay, am I a good person? Am I not? Am I going to heaven? And and we kind of think that that's what the gospel has to be about. The gospel's main theme is the kingdom of God. So in Matthew's gospel, the, the gospel opens up and there's a genealogy, right? Every year, as I always say in Advent, in the first Sunday of Advent, whenever that genealogy is read, everyone's like, I love this. My favorite Sunday, the genealogy, right? Everyone loves that. Well, the whole gospel opens that way because it proves that Jesus is the king. It shows that Jesus is the son of David. In Matthew chapter 2, Herod tries to kill Jesus as a baby, as a child, because he's threatened by this king who's coming into the world. And this new king threatens his own power. So that's Matthew 2. In Matthew 27, the end of the gospel, the the Jewish authorities, Caiaphas and the Pharisees and the Sanhedrin, they align themselves with Pilate, the Roman governor, against Jesus, who's named as the king of the Jews on the cross. Right? Jesus is crucified, and it says, Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews. And it says it in the three big languages that they believe were out there, right? Hebrew, Latin, and Greek. The gospel is about a kingdom. It's about a king. And here in the centerpiece, the very center of Matthew's gospel, in Matthew 13, Jesus tells us seven parables. That number is important in the Bible. Seven is the number of covenant. It's the number of perfection. And in the middle of Matthew's gospel, Jesus tells us seven parables about the kingdom of heaven. So what does that mean? So I want to back up a little bit, and I want to talk about building paradise. I know you do this. Don't you want to build paradise? Of course you do. This means yes. This means no. Don't you want to build paradise? I think, I think this is why you are obsessed with HGTV. 
right? <laughs> I was really thinking about this. This is why you watch HGTV, is because you long for paradise. We all do it, right? When, when my life gets kind of messy, which is pretty much always, I, I daydream, and I, our staff, we talk about how we're going to open a new parish in Maui, right? And it's like, oh, it's going to be awesome. Like, we're going to have a parish in Maui, and everyone will be wonderful to each other, and it will be a summer evening for, for eternity. Um, we do this. The neighborhood I grew up in, I get made fun of for this, but I grew up in a nice neighborhood, and a, a company, now it's Lockheed Martin, it wasn't, it was merged, but whatever, uh, Martin Marietta back in the early 80s started developing this part of Colorado as its utopian headquarter community. Doesn't that sound great? When I was a missionary, I, on and on and on, when I was a missionary, we used to dream about all of us, let's all go move together to a certain neighborhood and we'll build paradise. I thought I was going to get married. I'm like, I'll have a supermodel wife. She'll be as holy as St. Therese and we'll raise saints together and it'll be a utopia, right? And he was like, no, sorry, Brian, not going to happen. We do this. Even, even my garden, I built a garden next to the rectory. And I love it. Right? And my, my tomatoes are growing. And when the world's messy, as it's incredibly messy right now, my, my little, like, kind of patio next to the rectory is my little taste of the garden. I love that. And this is why people watch HGTV, right? You're like, well, the world's a mess, and I am stressed out at work, and it seems like our society is burning down, but I've got an open floor plan and a nice backsplash and like, you know, indirect lighting. This is what we want. Brothers and sisters, here's what I want to, I want to just challenge you with this morning. You and I are called to a greater hope. We are called to a greater hope, and the hope that we have is for the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God, what does that mean? The kingdom is the place where God is king. It is the hearts and the souls and the lands that God is king, where he reigns. And Jesus came to bring that kingdom. N.T. Wright says this. So N.T. Wright, if you don't know him, you haven't gone to Lourdes for long. N.T. Wright is a, a very prominent scripture scholar He's not Catholic, but he's very good. And he says this. When he talks about the Old Testament, the Old Testament promises there's going to be a king. And when he comes, he's going to bring a kingdom with him. And so N.T. Wright says, this is the image which haunts Isaiah and Daniel and the Psalms. Right? The Old Testament has this dream of the kingdom of God, and it's haunting this is the image which haunts Isaiah, Daniel, and the Psalms. The trees of the field will shout for joy because God is coming to sort the mess out. Right now our world is super messy. There's a lot of destructive forces out there. There are those who want to burn society down. There are those out there right now calling for the destruction of the family. 
which is completely insane. But we all want things to get better. We all want the mess to be sorted out. When God comes to sort out the world, and that's what the kingdom is about. The kingdom is about God making things as they should be. When that happens, the trees of the field will shout for joy because God is coming to sort the mess out. He's coming to put the world to rights. And we all know in our bones that that's what we want. Right? Maybe deep down the reason that you're getting new countertops is because the world's such a mess and at least you can have a nice kitchen. Wright goes on, the folly of empire, and he's talking here about the Roman Empire and the British Empire and America and, and just history in general. He says, the folly of empire is the attempt to do here and now in our own strength that which God has promised that he will do through his Son and by his Spirit. Here's the thing, brothers and sisters, the kingdom of God is not like our kingdoms. We always want to build things. I, I want a nice patio. And you know what? I want a better society. I want a place where, where people live in harmony, where right things went out and wrong things are weeded out. And I have a way I think that should happen. But almost always, that's not the way God does things. God's ways are not our ways. And so in the, in the gospel today, in Matthew 13, people are wondering, they're saying, Jesus, if, if you're the Messiah, you're supposed to make things right. And here's the crux of the point. What's the problem with the world? What's the problem with the world? You can have lots of answers to that. But what our gospel wants to tell us is the problem with the world is sin and it's hard hearts. And the way that God is going to fix the world is not by creating new systems of government. Right? It's not by having a better infrastructure. It's not by, by more affluent businesses or families. That is the way God fixes the world. Right? The way Jesus Christ became king of the world, and he did, the way the kingdom came, brothers and sisters, was by the, by the crucifixion of the Son of God. That's how the world was set right. And you and I as Christians, we do not believe that some earthly force is going to make things right. It only happens by Christ and through the Holy Spirit. Right? What happens on the cross, Jesus is proclaimed king. The kingdom comes and on the cross, those weeds in my heart are pulled out. And the hard soil of human hearts, right? Last week we heard about the parable of the sower. 
And there's hard hearts. There's hearts that are on the path where the seed can't penetrate. There's rocky soil. There's soil that has thorns in it. And the way God is going to make things right is by dying for us. That's the kingdom of heaven. That's the way that God turns the world upside down. That's the way that he changes the world. And our hope as Christians, the way you and I operate in this world, is we know that we can't build the kingdom ourselves. We labor for it. Like there's that weird tension. We don't just kind of give up. You're like, okay, I went to Mass at Lord's on Sunday, and Father Brian said, God's going to do it, so I give up, and I'll just go home and, you know, have a glass of wine. That's not it either. What's supposed to happen is that through the Holy Spirit and through the love of Jesus Christ, our hearts are transformed. And through the resurrection of the Son of God, we know that we live in a different world. And our lives are transformed. Brothers and sisters, next week we're going to have one more weekend talking about the kingdom of God. I want you to go home this week and I want you to pray for that. Every day we pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Do you really mean that? Is your hope that's rooted in your heart, is your hope not for a better economy or for a more just system in the United States or for a nicer kitchen? Is your hope that the kingdom of God would reign inside of you? That's the gospel. That's when lives and hearts and the world are transformed. As I challenge you this week, Go home, read Matthew chapter 13, the seven parables of the kingdom of heaven, and ask God to transform you that you might be a part of the transformation of the world. So Jesus, we humbly ask for that. Lord, the way that you brought the kingdom was not by force of power, and you did not come to reign in my life by forcing me. You came to reign in my life because you surrendered your life for my salvation. Lord, may my hard heart be transformed. May the good seed of the gospel change my heart, my soul, my mind. Jesus, may your kingdom reign inside of me and may it reign in all places. 